Just before we have our readings, there's going to be two readings. The first brought by Maggie from the Gospel of Matthew and the second by Felicity from the Gospel of Mark. Um, usually then I would say a prayer for the words I say, but because of the way I'm going to do things, I'm going to do that prayer now. So once the readings have, have happened, you'll see me set a... I've got a, a music stand here that I'm going to put some papers on. You'll see me turn your back on you and put a shawl on, at which point, when I turn round, I might not be Simon, but that's who I'm purporting to be. Um, and then a narration will follow, which I've put together this week. And so, Lord, I just pray that in the words I bring later, Lord, I just pray that you are with me. You're with me in my memory. You're with me in how I approach people. You're with me in the Holy Spirit coming in and through me. Lord, if you wish to change the words I've written, then by all means, go ahead. I know you will anyway. But we, we just pray, Lord, that it's your, that the words you want heard are heard. Amen. And by the way, you will find that I will wander during what follows. The back row is not immune. First readings from Matthew, chapter 7, 27, verses 21 to 32. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crimes he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers round him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put us on, on his own clothes. They led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. Amen. <clears throat> Mark 15, verses 16 to 24. 
the soldiers mock Jesus. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to be crucified. The crucifixion of Jesus. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing his clothes, they cast lots to see what each one would get. Allow me to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Simon, and since Easter's getting closer by the day, you know, the anniversary of our Lord's death and resurrection, I thought I'd tell you a little of how the events of that first Good Friday changed my life. I was visiting Jerusalem. It was the time of the Passover festival, and... You know, it's a great thing to be part of that festival. So every now and then, I'd make the journey. It was a long journey for me, but I think it's important to consider the past. I lived in a place called Cyrene. Does anybody know where Cyrene is? It's Libya. Okay. Cyrene is modern-day Libya. Well, round about that anyway. And... Uh, there's quite a large Jewish population there. They're mainly merchants. You know, sort of thing I do, really. Well, anyway, I was staying in the country with some relatives, and I entered Jerusalem that day. Now, I've got to say, I knew something was about to happen because it was quite different in Jerusalem to how it normally is. For a start, there were a lot more people. But do you know, the other thing that really was happening that day in Jerusalem, because I'd never noticed it happening before, is it was, a, it was a beautiful day. Oh, but the crowds really had an ugly mood on them, I'm telling you. It was dreadful. There were groups of people all over the place, arguing and shouting and angry. It seemed like the whole city was just angry. 
And some of them were talking about a man, and it seems they had a different view, really, on who he was. But a lot of them didn't like this man. He'd been, he'd been arrested earlier on, well, really, the night before. And, and he'd been brought before a court, and then he was brought before Pilate. And I can, from what they're saying, Pilate couldn't make up his mind whether this man was guilty or not. So the crowd were given a choice. They were saying, look, you can let, you can let Jesus go. It's your choice, you know. You can let him go. Or you can choose Barabbas. Well, it seems that the crowd, they must have had something against him because they chose Barabbas. And, uh, well, that was it. And there were some people who were in tears because of it. So there there were these crowds of angry people and then these little pockets of people who were sad. And I could see the crowds lining the street and I saw Roman soldiers and they were coming and they were shoving people to one side, pushing them away. They were pushing them away. Because if you looked far enough down and you looked in between the crowds, you could actually see three men. They were carrying heavy beams. And I realized that this procession was actually an execution one. The crowds were shouting. They were shouting loads of abuse. And the Romans had those whips. I mean, they're a torture thing in themselves. They're just dreadful. They break people's skin really easily. And they were cracking those whips and telling them to hurry along. And there was one man, and he just kept falling. You know, the Romans don't like it. Because, you see, they're doing a job. They just want to get their job done. But this man that kept falling, he was holding everybody up. I was really trying to make sense of it all. All the shouting that was going on, all the abuse, the procession coming along. And as it got closer to me, I could see that this man, he'd been badly beaten. It was no wonder that he had trouble holding that cross. Well, it was more like a beam, really. But it was just no wonder. The people were saying that this man claimed to be the Son of God. Do you believe it? Claimed to be the Son of God. I mean, I looked at him. I looked at the state of him. 
There he was. I mean, that cross looked so heavy. And it was very rough. So, you know, on his bare skin, it would be, splinters would be everywhere. So he walked unsteadily along and kept falling every now and then. And then I couldn't believe what happened next. I just really couldn't believe it. Because this, ro- this soldier, just this Roman soldier, just grabbed me and he pulled me out. And he said, you, help him. Wanting me to carry the cross. Now I ask you, I'd come to Jerusalem for Passover and I need to tell you that there are some strict rules about Passover. If I go and help this man carry that cross and I get some of his blood on me, if it stains me, I'll have traveled all this way for nothing. Because if I help him, then and and get that blood on me, I'm not going to be able to take part in the Passover. It's not allowed. So I'll have traveled all that way for nothing. Can you imagine? I was really reluctant. I didn't want to do this. I already had my life planned. And it involved remembering our past. It certainly didn't involve carrying this cross. But I wasn't being given a choice. And then as I looked at him, it was hard. Hard to see the man through the blood and the wounds. I mean, as I looked at him, I just had this mass of beaten flesh in front of me. How can people do that? And there was blood running down his face. And as I looked, I wanted to turn away. But then our eyes met. I looked into those eyes. And I knew that this man wasn't a thief. He wasn't a liar. He wasn't somebody who robbed. I looked into those eyes. This man was different. So I took the cross on my shoulder and I put my arm around Jesus. I needed to help him stand up. We needed to carry this together. Our eyes met again. And in that look, I remembered what people had said. This man, this man is the son of God. This man claims to be the son of God. remembering it now and you know in that moment in that moment I began to realize that look 
those eyes. So I put my arm around him and I carried what I could, but I have to say, he carried most of it. His knees were buckling under the weight. It was as if he had the weight of the whole world on his shoulders. But we walked together. And as we walked together, the abuse was being shouted. Shouted at him and now shouted at me. There were people spitting. I felt that spit. I felt it on me. His blood, well, it was running down, so it was all over me. And you know, they'd taken some thorny branches, big thorns. They'd sort of bent them round. They put them on his head, pushing them in rather roughly. And the blood was running down. And people kept shouting. And they were shouting, where's your God now? Why isn't your God helping you now? Come on, ask your God to save you. Save yourself. If you're the son of God... Just stop this happening. There's no need for it all to happen. If you're the son of God, you can save yourself. Come on, prophesy. When he didn't do anything, they just laughed at him. Well, we got to Calvary. And the soldiers told me that I could go. I'm asking you, how could I leave at that point? How could I? I just moved back with some of the other people that had followed along. I thought carrying the cross through the streets was hard enough, but what he was going to have to go through now was even harder. So they laid him out on that cross and they hammered nails into his hands and his feet, and then they hoisted him. They hoisted him right up. And I watched all his weight on that nail through his feet. I just watched. It was painful just watching, and I saw how he struggled for breath. Some reason... Something was definitely happening because the other thing was, it went incredibly dark. Well, this went on for hours and I heard him shout out. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. These were the only words. These were only words a man from God could utter. He breathed his last breath and died. I looked at my hands. There was blood. It was all over me. 
remember when I talked about the Passover and I actually said, if I got blood on me, I wouldn't be able to take part. It would make me unclean. Well, I got all that blood on me now. And it actually, it didn't make me unclean. I felt really, I felt something inside that was quite different. I suppose in a way, I actually felt cleaner than I had done for years. I wasn't, I got everything all over me, but I felt cleaner. And I noticed something else. I noticed that in my hand, there was a splinter. It was a splinter from that rough wooden beam, the cross. And as I looked at it, I knew that my life would change forever. I'd met Jesus. Now I knew my scriptures. You know, I was a Jew that had studied. And in the scriptures, the scriptures that we study, there was prophecies. Prophets had spoken of one to come. Isaiah called him the Lamb of God. I was sure, sure as I could be, that this was the Lamb of God. See, that day, it's a day that stayed with me forever. That day was the day that Jesus carried my cross. As the days and weeks went on, I got to know the disciples. I got to know Mark. I got to know Paul. You see, the more that I heard about this man, the more I wanted to know. And I came to believe. And the wonderful thing is, my whole family came to believe. In fact, if you read your Bibles, you'll hear about Alexander and Rufus. Because Mark talks about them. And Paul does in some of his letters. Well, his letters to Romans, anyway, they're in there. You see, they traveled everywhere spreading this news of Jesus. Jesus was crucified, but what I didn't tell you was that three days later, he was gone. His body hadn't been hidden. Jesus had said three days later he would rise, and he had. And you know, for me, that filled me with great joy because I now know. You know what he said to that 
thief that was at one side of me. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I began to realize that paradise exists for me, that there's hope. I began to realize that this Jesus who was carrying that cross was somebody that I could go to at any point. This was somebody that I could talk to. This was my savior. I knew this was my savior. And I have to admit, I can get a bit boring about it because like, I can go on about it for hours. And my sons are no better because they go telling this story to everybody about how the Son of God was crucified. How we didn't really recognize who this was. They go around speaking of hope and grace. And I'm hoping that since I've told you this story, and since I've told you how that cross and meeting Jesus that day changed my life forever, I'm hoping that it's going to change your life. I'm hoping that as you come to sing, you feel the grace of God. But you not only feel that, you feel the joy of God in your heart. I'm hoping that as you go about your daily life, you feel the fun of God there with you. And how Jesus must have laughed and said, oh, you're putting me on a cross. But I'm going to go one better. I'm going to rise again. That you're actually able to tell this story to someone else. Even if you leave some of the gory bits out. Because this story is worth telling. This Jesus can change your lives. All you have to do is to believe he can.